Welcome to Pontoon Runners Off-Road, your home for all the latest club news and views. I'm Paul. I'm Laura. Okay, so hi everyone. Uh, welcome to uh, the podcast again. I'm here with uh, Matty. Hi Matty. Hi Paul. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. And do yourself? Yeah, not so bad. Not so bad. Uh, we're back in my kitchen, Sunday evening. Uh, how's your weekend been? What have you been up to? Well, uh, very um, slow on the running front, uh, you know, pardon the pun, but I was out uh, on Saturday morning and I did Rising Sun Park Run, yep. with, uh, which was great, with um, 20 other, well, yeah, 20 other runners from Pontyland, which was a really good turnout, just from somebody posting on the Park Runners of Pontyland Facebook page uh, that they were going there and just shows the, the power of social media and there was a big turnout there, it was really good. Um, I enjoyed it, didn't run very fast. Were there many there? Big in, turnout? Yeah, in terms, not the club, but I mean in uh, total. I'm not exactly sure, yeah. I don't know. It, it feels like a lot because they have a really tight start now where some of the guys who've done it over the last few weeks said, you must get near the front if you're going to think about a time, which I wasn't, so I wasn't that fussed. But uh, apparently you're walking for a long period of time now at the start if you don't get yourself near the front. It's, it's very congested, isn't it? It's very tight at the start. And they, Did they have them all bunched up in the car park? Yeah, you start in the car park now or something and then go, and go down through. So it was totally, it was alien to me, but uh, it, I didn't have any, it didn't have any effect on my run. Hmm. They've got that post as well, haven't they? Well, Just exactly. get around the corner, yeah. there's that post where you can nobble yourself if you're not careful. Well, exactly, <laughs> but there was a very local marshal there. He kept us right on that one. I'll just check actually because I've got the results up here because I was going to talk about that, weren't we? It yeah. was 446, which okay. is a good turnout. Good turnout. Yeah. yeah. It's getting popular, that one, isn't it? It is, but it's a nice one. Now know? they've changed the route. I like it. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's got that kind of a geology kind of feel to it when you go through the through the trees and things like yeah, that. Yeah, so there's that long straight bit through the trees. Yeah. is nice, isn't it? It is In nice. the spring and the summer, that would yeah. be nice. No, good yeah. one. What about yourself? Have you been out? Uh, yeah, well, I went down to Newcastle Park Run mm-hmm. and I was volunteering uh, well, so, yeah, so I got on my bike mm-hmm. and I cycled down there, which was uh, first. Uh, so uh, out through um, Wolsington down Kenton Lane, that was right. nice. Yeah, got there. down Kenton Lane. Yeah, got there, got there for dead on eight thirty, mm-hmm. um, and I was on gate two. Right by the Afghanistan uh, Road. Coming back yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, um, it was great. Uh, met a guy there who I didn't know, and he was on his bike. So we cycled over to. Gate two, we got to know each other, had a bit of a chat. Um, and yeah, I think there was over 700. Yeah, just just Fiona from the club. So just one Pontina Yeah, Fiona. So I had a chat she obviously her. didn't get the memo, did she? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it was good. And then I cycled all the way back again. So I got a bit of fitness in. So yeah. it was good. So, if you, yeah. so you got your marshal in and you got a bit of bike fitness. Yeah. And you know what, I think I'm going to do more of that in the run-up this year, a um, bit more. It's a way of getting some cross-training in without really having to yeah. work too hard to get it in. No, exactly. Um, so I might even like cycle in and then do the run, mm-hmm. you know, like as a pacer, or yeah. just do the run, mm-hmm. you know, and then cycle back. Yeah. Um, see, you see quite a lot so of bikes trained up, don't you, to the fences? You do. Yeah, do. I think a lot of people do that. Yeah, and it's not too far to cycle from here. No, it's, it's not. It's, 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 it's a yeah. separate business. You know? I think it took me maybe 40 minutes, maybe. Mm-hmm. This is okay. Yeah. Good stuff. So I really enjoyed it. So that was great. And then uh, I've not been out today. So, so yeah, it's good to catch up. Uh, yeah. what, we've got, what we've got coming up in this episode is a bit of news from Cross Country and a few shout outs. And then uh, Laura sent me um, 
a recording a couple of weeks ago, maybe 10 days ago, maybe, or a week ago, I can't quite remember now, um, of her, just as she was getting the getting herself settled in Kenya, which is really interesting. And Very then, interesting. Yeah, and then I had a message from her last week saying that she got some Wi-Fi. I thought, oh, right, okay. So I messaged her about saying to fancy a chat then. And she said, yeah, okay. So this is after work. So came home and uh, basically rang her through Messenger and mm. recorded it, which was really good. So I had a good chat to her. So we've got that coming up as well. Oh, brilliant. Um, so you're going to get all the lowdown um, from from Laura. It's really interesting what she's up to. No, actually, um, both from a sort of project point of view and helping you know, the kids out there and the projects that she's working on, but also yeah. there's a bit of rain news as well. Um, so um, yeah, lots of interesting stuff coming up um, in this episode. So stay tuned. So before we get into that... Matty, it brings up this week with um, Thorny Woods and Cross Country, because that was a cracking afternoon out, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Pretty uh, blustery conditions, but yep. apart from that, weather's been pretty good to us, I think, so far this cross country season, because I know you and I were talking about getting a new tent, because uh, you know, with the numbers we get out, we do need two, really, but the weather's been fair enough that we've only had the one. So yeah, no, great event. I think it's really, really well run, that one. You know, you pull up off the main road, very easy to find. The farmer's pretty good at parking the cars. You give them, chuck them in two quid, um, and then you go to the tented area, which is right on the course itself. Uh, the actual course is a bit of a killer. It's cracking, isn't it? It is. It is. Looking okay, back now, a week after the event, it was a cracking course. Yeah. yeah it's got uh, a lot of hills, mm-hmm. some flat bits, some downhill bits. Real test, isn't it? I was absolutely whacked at the end, you know, on the Saturday night. I was out for the count. I was wrecked. But we had some really, really good and solid performances. You know, there was 21 men, male runners uh, from the team. Right. And we had 12 girls who baked. Outstanding was outstanding I must say then you know it's pleasing to talk about them in a positive light now about the baking they finally pulled themselves around careful even the rocky road that was that was bought in was I can't argue with the rocky road because I've got such a rocky road I didn't know it was bought in I think it was was bought in but oh there's some cracking wasn't there the um, well did you try that sponge cake which I think was a mania cheese I didn't know yeah that was nice and the little gingerbread men you see those in the I did I bought, yeah Donna did those I brought two um, back for my kids did you? and they loved them yeah oh, I, nice. I haven't seen Donna since but I was going to if she listens if she's listening to this yeah. and thank you very much the yeah. kids loved them yeah no they were great with it in the colours yeah and then they had some chocolate cornflake cakes yeah yeah because Easter's not far away is it no, it's the sort no. of thing you do for Easter isn't it but that was great yes millionaire shortbread it was just out of this world. It was, it was very, very good. Everything was good. I think that was probably the winner on the day. And we're right. not 100% sure who that was, are we? No, well, you think it was Heidi, don't I you? I do, yeah. I'm not... I'm, yeah, you okay. thought it might be Helen, but we don't know. One complaint. Oh? Yeah. Okay. It oh. was very limited savoury options. Okay. Yeah, just uh, Lynn's very good corned beef pie. But that was all it was. Did you have any of that? I did, yes, yeah. Because I like, you know, I like, I do a like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't yeah. go for that myself. But, um, well, you know, um, well, well done, ladies. Um, yeah. It was absolutely excellent. Keep oh. it up for uh, Annick, that's all I can say. Exactly. Well, it's our turn, isn't it? <laughs> it will be our turn. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. No, but we maintain a high standard at all times. I'm not, I'm not panicked about that form. Right. But um, running-wise... Yes. Um, there was some news, wasn't there, about what happened on, on that day. Yes, so yeah, it looks like uh, the men's team, as announced by Bill McGurk on his blog on the Harry League page, uh, that we are promoted, 
uh, to Division Two, which for a club, you know, of our standing is just amazing. Uh, obviously, some of the guys have just put in amazing performances throughout the season so far, with one more to go, Anik, as we've t- talked about. But, you know, at this race as well, we had uh, Martin, who finished first Pontian and runner home from the fast pack as well and was 31st overall out of a really strong field, mm-hmm. you know, which is just amazing. Yeah, of five five minute head start, some of the, the slow packers on him, and then two and a half minutes, you know, from the medium pack, which is just amazing. Uh, so the top of the scorers were Martin, he was first in, followed by Paul O'Neill. Great run, so he might actually be starting to love cross country a little bit, because if you can love that course, then you love any course, because that's a tough one. Tim had a great run, I thought, you know, he was third scorer. Uh, Matt Turnbull, recent acquisition from Stocksfield, he okay. ran really well, his fourth man in. Uh, James Lieber from the medium pack, uh, he was fifth, and also from the medium pack was Matthew Levinson. So they had two and a half minutes to catch up on the slow packers. So, you know, that's really good. So we were second overall to Crook, but uh, we're still second in the division. We can't possibly overhaul them if we come top in the next one, but, you know... We're promoted, so which is fantastic, yeah. In the girls, uh, we had we school. We were eighth in Division Three, uh, which is great, you know, as well. Out of some really strong teams in there. Uh, Heidi was first lady home, uh, followed by Esme, and then Beth was fourth, and I think it was it was Alison was uh, was was fourth back. That's really well done to them as well. And the girls have been consistent in their performances and. You know, we're slap bang in the middle of Division 3, so maybe a push on for next year, who knows? I think Heidi's running really well at the moment. Really well, yeah, yeah. She yeah, didn't she even look at who she was trying, to be honest, when I saw. She had a good uh, Bath Monkey half. Yeah. She had a good run in the year, I seem to remember. Mm-hmm. And she's just improving. Fantastic. So well done, Heidi, keep it going. Yeah. Um, you could have a really good season. Um, well, you know, we're already having a good season, but yeah, yeah. You know, there's the best to yet to come in the weather, isn't it? And all the events are coming up, so keep it going. Um, yeah, so, so well done everyone. Next event is uh, Anik on the 2nd of March, which yeah. is always a popular one, lovely place up there. And what's happening afterwards? Well, we're going to go for a couple of beers. I think uh, I was speaking to David Buffham about this at Thornley and with the men being promoted, yep. we'd like everyone just to come for a couple of a couple of beers in the Blackbird afterwards. So okay. we'll make our way back from, from Anik and uh, go for a couple of pints. I know for a few of us it'll be more than a couple, but you know, it'll be nice to see some, you know, at most faces of the car yeah. be great. Because I know that you've got details of a... Of yeah, actual, well, yeah. Helen is organising a club cross-country end-of-season uh, meal out. Fantastic. Which is going to be on the 23rd of March. Uh, it's either going to be at Rialto's or the Tandori next door. Right. Um, so, um, but um, Helen knows all about that, so she's she'll come back on Facebook and via email probably... Uh, with no details we'll about, details about what that is, yeah, but that's on the evening on Saturday, the twenty third of March. So that's going to be another good night out, I think. Brilliant. Um, couple of shout outs. Do you want to give? Yeah, yeah. First up, just for Nikki Renton with the organisation organising the uh, the kit viewing, which was just Saturday gone. Um, I know you went to see that. I, I couldn't make it. I had to get back for dancing pickups and things like that. So, did you get a chance to look at the kit? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I went down to the leisure centre. In fact, after I went, after I uh, cycled back from mm. Newcastle, I went straight to the leisure centre and saw Edward from Champion Sports, I think mm. it is. And Nikki was there, and Sue and Paddy and Donna and uh, Esme right. and Viv, uh, no, Leslie. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, a few people turned, I think, and more turned up after yeah. I went, I think. Very good quality kit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think um, they're going to be our new kit supplier for Centre for the Tri stuff. Yeah. And, and possibly more moving on, I don't know. Positive that they're approachable as well, you know, that you're just happy to come and show the gear off and things like that. Yeah, and you can order it online via, we have a club shop, right. so there's like a two-week window when the shop's open and then members can just log on to the shop, no. browse, buy stuff, and mm-hmm. then as long as there's more than 10 items, um, you know, um, they'll order it for us and it's four weeks from there. Right, so decent turnaround as well. Yeah, yeah it's okay. So, um, so yeah, well, the Nikki for organising all that, and that took a lot of effort really, I think, over the last few weeks to kind of liaise with them and get that set up um, I think Mark Carpenter even saw some as well one or two others went down to Bladen because I think he went to Bladen after yeah, us I think that's so right. it was um, it was very good so so well done um, Nicky uh, Daniel Buffum have you mentioned Daniel no I haven't yet no 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 I was, I, we talked about well, Rising Sun before but mm-hmm. we hadn't mentioned yeah he came in with the you know he was third at Rising Sun on Saturday so a huge shout out to him that was fantastic yep yeah um, also, a uh, shout out as well to Elliot. He ran the Dubai half so consistent, the splits. I don't know if you saw the splits, but um, the, the difference between... We talk about this all the time, about pacing. Mm-hmm. And I got this totally wrong, Brass Monkey. But for Dubai, his, the difference between his fastest and slowest kilometre, mm-hmm. excluding the first and last kilometre, yeah. was 16 seconds. That's fantastic. So yeah. he's running consistently between one... He was running consistently between 4.43 and 4.59 yeah. kilometre after kilometre after kilometre. It's just fantastic Makes example of... Um, it's a fantastic example of pacing. Mm-hmm. Came in at 1.42. Uh, good time. Have you, chat, have you had a chance to chat with him about... No, I haven't, I haven't no. seen him actually since he got back. I had a little message with him during the last couple of days. Yeah. And said, oh, I think you deserve a shout out. So... Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I saw him on Saturday and I had a little chat. Very, oh, yeah. Well, we ran for a little while, but we talked about it briefly. He said, you know, good event and lovely to be away and to see Dario. Yeah, like he's winning with Dario. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. it was harder trying to tame Dario on the night out than the half marathon itself. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, yeah, well done, uh, well done, Elliot. Um, any more for any more? No, that's it for me. That's about it. Okay, well... Um, Otherwise, just finally before we hand over to Laura, the sprint try on 30th of June yeah. is um, full steam ahead. So uh, entries are now open on oh, Results nice. Base. So you can go to Results Base. I'm not sure yeah. Chris has had enough time yet to, because I know he's been busy, um, put the link on the website. But you can all just go onto Results Base mm-hmm. and um, sign up. Um, I think Results Base is a great website, great app, so easy yeah. to look at information and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Most people already used it, so yeah, they've got an account on there anyway, so it's very easy to sign up. Lead and Coastal, they're all on there, aren't they? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, otherwise the organisation is, is, is in hand. Um, things are happening in the background. Um, Pretty similar event to last year, um, routes-wise. Yeah, obviously like we're taking care of what's happening with the Leisure Centre mm-hmm. with, um, with the development going on there. Mm-hmm. So we've had people this week um, from the club talking to, hopefully talking to Kia, the contractors, mm-hmm. um, just making sure that were you know that there are no issues uh, with the routes so um, we're, we're assuming that there aren't yeah um, but but we're double checking with Kia to make sure and we'll be in touch with them constantly I think between now and the event just to keep on on top of it mm-hmm. um, so yeah otherwise um, a very similar event to, to last year same was brilliant yeah. I, you know I marshaled with John McGorgel on the mountain and it's uh, yeah. it's just fantastic to be involved with yeah. and you know if you for a first triathlon it's, it's such a a good one for that for the novices as well yeah good stuff 
Okay, Matty, that's great to catch up. Hope you're all are now up to speed with what's going on. Uh, let's hand over to Laura, shall we? Let's yeah, can't wait, to, um, can't wait to hear what's going on. Yeah, it's really interesting stuff that she's talking about. And um, so enjoy the next sort of half hour or so, guys. And we will come back to you just very briefly for a final wrap up. Okay. Hey, everyone. Happy Sunday from Kenya. It's a balmy 29 degrees outside, uh, which I know is quite different to how it is back in the UK. So I hope you're keeping warm. And in fact, I would kill for a run in the cold right now. (laughs) So the reason I am not out doing my Sunday long run is because it's far too hot and I slept in past the time I was supposed to go out. Um, Most people go for a run before it even gets light here. Um, So I'm looking forward to joining them again when I don't sleep through my alarm (laughs) Um, but now we're about to start getting into the proper work here over the next couple of weeks so I'm about to get into a routine which should hopefully allow me to get out every morning before work that's my plan just a short 20 minute run before work each day and then hopefully create a ritual of a Sunday morning long run Now, I haven't really located many people who want to run with me, so I'm still trying to recruit people, and today I decided I would go for a walk while everyone was at church up Kipchoki Kano Road to see the sights, and I'd heard that there was a running track there which might be a good place to train. So I found Kipchoki Kano Road, which is just three minutes around the corner, Um, And you wouldn't know that it was Kipchoge Kano Road because there are no signs. It is just a dusty red road looking the same as any other. But on the left hand side, there is a stadium. Kipchoge Kano Stadium, again, has no signage, so you wouldn't know. Um, But it is in quite a state of disrepair. It doesn't look like it's been used for some time. The running track is uneven and has weeds growing out of it so I'm going to see if we can somehow get permission to use the track and maybe do it up a little bit um, dig out some of the weeds if we can um, so I'll have a word with the government who own it to see what they say but what they are actually doing next to it is building a brand new state-of-the-art stadium for Eloy Kipchoge um, which I, I don't know what the plan is, whether they will also do up Kipchoge Kano Stadium at the same time or whether they're just going to have this new one and leave the other one to wreck and ruin. I'll find out. Um, so in my search for trying to find out how people run so fast here, I'm <laughs> I'm not really much closer to finding the answer, but if anyone has read Running with the Kenyans, Everything that's in that book is true from what I can fathom. Um, None of it's an exaggeration. So there is gross poverty here. And I think it is a way out of poverty for a lot of people. Now, the fact that these people come from one particular tribe, the Kalenjin tribe, which is from this area that I'm in, um, it's... I I can't really find the answer as to why. So people seem to be of two different camps. They either love running and they want to make a career out of it. Um, and they don't they don't love it for the same reasons that we do. It's not like, oh yeah, I, I do it and I feel really great. It's like, yeah, I do it and I want to be the best and I want to win a race and I want that to be my career. Um, 
everyone else seems to be of the camp of I don't like to move at all so you're either like an Olympic level runner or you don't really do any exercise at all like even just walking to the shops around the corner you'll get on a a Buddha Buddha which is a motorbike to do that um so it's quite a fascinating dichotomy and I'm trying to get under the skin of it still um so I'll keep you posted. But there seems to be something about the mentality of the tribe, which somebody was telling me about the history of the tribe. Um, one of the locals here was explaining that they had actually originated from Egypt under the the pharaohs. They hadn't liked the treatment that was going on there. And so they ran, they ran through Ethiopia, they picked up new people along the way and eventually settled in the Nandi Hills in Kenya, which is of course up at altitude, um, which is part of the reason why they run so fast. Of course, it's got to be. I found it really, really difficult running here on my one (laughs) attempt. So I'm hoping it'll get a little bit easier, but that has got to have something to do with it. Um, But as for why so many runners come from this particular part of the Nandi Hills and not other parts is still a bit of a mystery to me. Um, I'm also keen to understand why most runners when they come here for altitude training go to places such as Eton, Eldoret, which are like the next two towns along and not here. Um, because a lot of the big runners actually hail from this part of the country. So it seems to be, from what I understand from local people, that the the really good runners come from here, they train here, they then make it big and they move to the bordering town, Eldoret, Eton, um, where there is more money, basically. Um, but part of the reason that there is more money is because they move there and they take their money there. So um, this particular town and the nearby towns are quite undeveloped. Um, there's not much here. There is a lot of poverty. And yeah, so it's um, it's interesting. And I'm sure I've got a lot more to learn about it. Sorry, I got distracted there. There was some noises coming from the back of the house that I had to investigate, but everything is fine. Um, So our work starts on Monday properly, which I'm really excited about. We have been training the team this last week in Nandi and introducing them to their placements. We had some great moments this week, um, not least one where I was taking one of the UK volunteers around a school that they'll be working in and all of a sudden we were surrounded by 250 primary school children who were just so amazed at like the colour of our skin and our hair and just touching us to make sure that we were real Um, and they wouldn't let us go until we'd shaken every single one of their hands and listened to them introduce themselves and of course introduced ourselves in Swahili so Gina Languni Laura is something that I'm getting used to saying Um, but I'm really excited for that work to start next week there's some really awesome projects going on everyone's learned to sign the Kenyan sign language alphabet Um, even me (laughs) which has been no mean feat but actually once you've learned it it's really easy to do and we're learning some of the the local signs we've got the added challenge of um, working with not just 
people who have a hearing impairment but people who have a visual impairment so trying to communicate to the two groups at the same time is quite a challenge um, but we're finding our way through that and we are doing some work as well with um, children with disabilities on the Special Olympics which they've just started doing here in Nandi and I'm quite excited about um, so we went to deaf volleyball the other day and we were kind of getting involved and it was a good way for the team to get to know people in the local area um, and get integrated a little bit but I think there's a lot more we can do because although there's some really really good runners from up here when it comes to the Paralympics and the Special, Special Olympics there aren't many good runners from here so I just want to unpick that a little bit further I don't know whether it's because there are no programs for people here um, whether they just don't get the chance to I, I don't really know um, but it seems like a wasted opportunity so I'm going to um, try and lay the groundwork for the next cycle to do that so the next cycle is going to be an all deaf cycle of volunteers all of them will be deaf and that has quite a powerful impact on the community here. The very first cycle of volunteers here were all deaf as well. And that changed perspectives here quite a lot. So apparently a lot of people didn't realize that white people could be deaf or that white people could get sick. Um, so that changed their perspectives. And we are now six cycles further on and perspectives are still changing, but they haven't changed to the extent that I would like to see. So for instance, um, it's still a wi widely held belief that um, disability is a curse, um, that it's caused by witchcraft. And I find that really, really quite difficult to get along with, but we are kind of trying to be non-judgmental, not, not imposing our own values, but listening and just helping to educate about some of the barriers that people with disabilities face and how how they can help and actually show them positive examples of people who have disabilities who have gone on to achieve things so the the next all deaf cycle will be really key to doing that but also when they're here it will be world running day and last world running day um some of the the big runners from this area came to local schools and promoted running and what i want to do is convince them to come to some of the special schools instead um of the mainstream schools and promote the fact that people with disabilities can can run as well um so we'll see how far i get with that and i'll keep you posted on that um I'll also keep you posted on the actual projects, which are the main reason that we're here over the next couple of weeks as they get started. And of course, I'll keep you posted on running progress and the keys to running like a Kenyan. So um, for now, that's that's pretty much all I've got to say. And I'll see you later. Well, hello, Laura. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm really good, thanks. How are you? How are I am. Yeah, yeah, everyone's fine. This is exciting. Good. It's really exciting to hear a familiar voice again. It's really nice. <laughs> oh, it's just a pity it's mine, really, but never I mind. I know. <laughs> I've got to settle for that, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, well, um, 
it's great to hear from it's great to hear from you and uh, catch you for a few minutes um just describe where you are at the minute um i am currently in my host home underneath my mosquito net and i have been traveling all day from nairobi back up to nandi which is like a seven hour drive and it has been a long day <laughs> okay it is seven o'clock in the evening here so what time is it over there it's 10 o'clock at night okay is it stuck is it still quite warm and oh um it's it's quite warm but it's not unbearably warm it's like it's quite a nice temperature probably about 17 degrees i would imagine but during the day at the moment it's ridiculously hot it's like well early 30s i would say celsius um so it it gets too hot to run during the day and even just to walk around Mm. yeah i can imagine that's just a bit uh, too much day after day yeah um we've weaved in one or two little clips from you haven't we into the podcast which has been which has been great so I think we all know that you're you're over there now and you've got your team assembled um you know how, how are things in terms of the, the projects and and then we'll come to the running a bit later because it's projects <laughs> isn't it that you're there yeah. so well this week has been like the team's first proper week doing their projects so they've been in like kind of nine to five every day doing the work um and we've got seven substantive projects and then like five other groups that we support in different primary schools and different like there's a blind group that we support and a deaf group um but some some of the projects it's fair to say are more formed than others and some are more frustrating than others um so for example there's a couple that are based in kind of government-run hospitals and um, makes it very difficult to make an impact. And I think it's frustrating for the volunteers um, to see because there are there's a lot of people who require help and just aren't getting it um, because of problems with the system at a government level, which is very difficult for us to do anything about. Um, but nonetheless, we will try and we'll keep trying. And I've been really impressed with the maturity of the volunteers, bearing in mind that a lot of them are just 18 years old and have never worked before. They aren't put off by kind of the frustrations that they're seeing and they're just tackling things head on. So I think we've got a great team and I think there's a lot that we can do over the next couple of months that we've got. Um, and I'm excited that the work's getting started. I went round all of the projects on Tuesday to see how everyone was settling in. And um, I had some great moments as well. Like when I went to the Capsabet School for the Deaf, the children gave me a sign name, <laughs> which was awesome. I'm, I'm not going to be able to show you over this because obviously it doesn't work very well on a podcast, but... Like just nice little things like that. The kids are so sweet. They just follow you around everywhere and like uh, they're so funny. And a lot of the partners that work with us here who've asked us to come in and work with them are so enthusiastic. They've got great ideas. They've done amazing work and they're really inspiring. So it's really nice to work with them. And yeah, I just I think that there'll be lots of good work done by the end of the program. So I'll keep you updated once we actually start to see some of that happening. I, I guess the frustrations of 
that you've hinted at there in terms of working with the government is kind of more than compensated for when it is on the ground and the people in the communities that must be really appreciating what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So like, that's what I've said to the team as well. Let's try not get too frustrated at the things we can't change, but let's focus on those things that we can change and make things better for the people here that we're actually seeing on a day-to-day basis. So that's what we're going to do. And, and do the VSO support you and give you that steer as well? The um, the local VSO staff that we've got here in the field have been great. I think from a head office perspective, it's not as slick as I'd like it to be in terms of support for that kind of thing. Um, do you think they see the frustrations at the administration level perhaps a bit more than yeah. those on the perhaps you know so it's not you know they've got a difficult job I suppose you know setting these 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 things up perhaps oh yeah undoubtedly and I think because they're so far detached from what's happening on the ground in the different communities it's probably hard for them to keep up with all the issues so yeah um we also spent most of the first week in and out of the hospital as people acclimatized to the new environment uh we've had like altitude sickness bed bugs um some kind of nondescript illnesses that don't have (laughs) any real answers um but apparently that's normal in the first couple of weeks have you been okay and well i've been fine yeah i've been grand are you you eating all right pet (laughs) (laughs) there's no starties here um i'm eating a lot of ugali which is like a maize flour mixed with water it's just like um I don't know, it doesn't really taste of anything, but it's like a really firm texture, very filling. Is is uh, is that the one that's full of carbohydrates or something? Yes, yeah. All the top athletes, uh, I saw something on YouTube and they were eating this kind of, looked a bit like porridge really. Yeah, like people absolutely love it here. They have it three times a day and I'm like, yeah, it's all right, but like it doesn't really taste of anything. <laughs> But I'm hoping if it's good enough for them, it's going to be good enough for me and it's going to help improve my performance. So the, you mentioned the altitude. What, what, uh, where, where you're staying, what, what's roughly the altitude that you're staying at the minute? I think it's just short of 7,000 feet, metres. I'm not sure. Hang on. I did check on Strava the other day. I mean, put it this way, Everest is 8,800 metres. All right, okay. <laughs> Sweet then. I might be exaggerating. <laughs> You're feeling the thin air already because he makes making you talk nonsense. So, so are you feeling? Do you feel? You know, when you're kind of out, out and about, traveling around and stuff, and walking around in the heat, do you start to feel a bit kind of like you're feeling the altitude and the heat? Well, I feel the heat, but I don't feel the altitude when I'm just walking around. It's absolutely fine. So, I got a surprise when I went for my first run because I thought it was going to be okay and then it really wasn't I was struggling to breathe so I think it's just when I'm pushing myself to do physical activity like proper exercise um that it kicks in and it doesn't help as well that it's really dusty there's Mm. like dust from the road so it's hard to breathe anyway with that so are you in a town then or are you in the middle of nowhere I'm in a town um but the volunteers are spread across the county so some of them are in the middle of nowhere and some of them are nearer by so i'm i'm basically spread out all over the county and how are you getting around (laughs) well um 
either on Matatus, which is like a public minibus thing that you just hop on and off, or tuk-tuks, or walking. So the other day, I'm laughing because um, my Kenyan counterpart hates to walk, and I made him walk like nearly 30,000 steps on Tuesday as we walked around everywhere because there was no alternative. Right, okay, and and in your role, you know, you've got to be quite self-sufficient then. Yeah, I've got to be like all over the place. I'm not based in one project. I've got to go around them all. And if there's no means of getting to them, then I've got to walk. Right, okay. So, so, and, and are these projects then quite spread about over quite a large geography? And so it's... Yeah. <laughs> got to kind of plan plan things quite carefully then. Yeah, I try my best, but uh, things never seem to go to plan here. Like, nobody sticks to a time. It's very normal to be three hours late for something. Kenyan. Um, yeah, Kenyan time. So I'm struggling with, like, planning. <laughs> so are you, are you staying in Nandi then? Yes, yeah. I wasn't paying attention, right? <laughs> well, I can look it up on Google Maps, and maps I'm sure we all can. Yeah, to get a, a kind of feel of for sort of where you are, you know, it's quite fun. Yeah, there's like fields of tea leaves everywhere. It's really green. Mm. Um, it's really quite beautiful up in the hills. It's just, it's gorgeous. Um, but in the town where I'm actually staying, it's like red, dusty road with like motorbikes going past and all that kind of stuff. So I like to break out into the hills every now and again. And have you got some projects that are in Nandi as well? yeah yeah we've got them spread everywhere so um just coming on to the running a little bit then because i know i know people are going to want to know a little bit about how you've been getting out and you've been getting out like quite early in the day then before the sun comes up or as the sun's coming up while it's still reasonably kind of well not too hot (laughs) well so the first time i went i went before the sun came up um because i was staying elsewhere near the main road and it was quite easy to get onto um, and that was perfect. The temperature was ideal. There was no wind. Like nobody could see me because I can't. I literally can't go anywhere without people following me and like saying, "Mazungu, Mazungu," and um, like trying to touch my skin and stuff like that. So I like to try and go when people can't see me. Um, but now that I'm back in my host home, I'm like off the beaten track a bit and it's really difficult to get out when it's dark because I can't see anything um so I'm gonna wait until it's just about getting light and then start going then but there are loads of people out running it's so exciting to see do you manage to team up with them well I'm sure they would let me um but I haven't been brave enough yet to try and join them because I'm scared that I won't be able to keep up (laughs) I just run on my own, kind of near them. Hotels, <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, you need to take care when you're out there, don't you? So. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so there's a, a young guy, Amos, who normally lives in this host home when he's not at school. And he is going to come back maybe this weekend, if not the weekend after. And we're going to run together. But I'm slightly petrified about it because he he was asking me, oh, so what do you do 10K in like half an hour? And I was like, I just laughed. I was like, what? So he genuinely expects that I will be running 
like a half an hour 10k <laughs> that is not the case I think he's going to be very disappointed yeah you've got your work cut out there but I mean <laughs> before about how how for people over there um running is often seen as a way out of poverty but yeah absolutely what a way to get out of poverty you know you've got to kind of run that fast or faster you know it's a yeah. big best of times isn't it it's um we can probably have another chat about this really but um I imagine to catch up with any kids as well um do they like to run maybe you can run with a few kids they they, they might run a bit slower oh, do you want to bet I like honestly when you see them because a lot of them run when they're running to school and back and a lot of them like with no shoes on just running along these dirt tracks really 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 fast like I wouldn't even dare to try and keep up with them <laughs> yeah sounds tough and of course no shoes because they've got no shoes hey i thought right i don't know whether this would work or not um whether because i saw somebody i had a bit of an exchange on messenger with some guys who were clearing out their drawers of all their old t-shirts that they don't use anymore and i don't know whether there's an opportunity to kind of donate them or send them out to somewhere near where you are i don't know yes that that would be amazing i think they go down really well because you see people walking around here with like um old marathon t-shirts and stuff and they do train in them like they mm. use them and people are wearing t-shirts now that have got holes in them and they're ripped on the side people even wear like tesco uniforms as casual day wear so i think if you've got old t-shirts from races they would be very valuable i'll just find i'll find a way of them getting here um mm. or a location that you can send them to and then I'll let you know. Yeah, because I wouldn't have thought it would be too difficult to send you a parcel for nope. a collection somewhere at a at a hotel or somewhere where you might frequent with VSO. Yeah. In fact, then, even if it went to VSO's office in Nairobi, that would probably work. But let me let me confirm. Yeah, do you need to get that cleared with somebody at VSO? Yeah, I'll do that first. Yeah. Well let's let's chew on that for a few days and you know, it seems a shame to kind of chuck them out. You know, yeah. once once you start thinking in an eco way, you kind of, which I have done recently, you kind of begin to question everything. Exactly, yeah. It does, yeah. it changes your whole perspective on your daily routine, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, you stop doing stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not sure if anybody would wear the Blade and Race t-shirt man out there. Even they might balk at the Blade and Race. <laughs> I've actually <laughs> brought one with me to give up. So, so that's something to, for us to think about. Yeah. Um, um, or maybe... Um, or maybe some vests or something, I don't know. Yeah, anything. What do you do at weekends? And do you get the weekends off? Or are you still working on the projects over the weekends? Well, apparently I get the weekends off. I've worked the first couple. And then um, on Saturdays, the team always has to get together as like a team social. And as the team leader, they don't really want me cramping their style. But I do have to go and make sure everyone's all right. And normally they've got some kind of issue that needs to be resolved and then I can have my weekend after that. Right. Um, so I'm going to try and set aside Sundays for doing some sort of a run. Did you say there was a track, a dusty track in Nandi? Yeah, so I, I got really excited. I found a road called Kipjogi Kano Road, and um, it's just around the corner. So I thought, great, I'm going to go up there. And I found Kipjogi Kano Stadium on that road. But it's like, it's an old derelict stadium with a running track but it's got weeds and all sorts growing out of it 
it doesn't look like it's been used for quite some time so I would really like to be able to get onto that track and use it so I'm hoping I can strike a deal with the government who own it to say like if I clear it up a bit can I use it so I'll let you know do you have to ask them to use it well I think so because it's all like it's got closed gates and security and stuff around it not open sounds good get a few locals involved get a few kids going down there on a Sunday or something it would be so good and they could each do a little bit of the track and it'd be cleared in no time yeah get a little rain going those laps that David Lowe's taught us it would be awesome well that's you were talking about how to keep your fitness up um, because you've got You've got some stuff to do when you get back, haven't you? <laughs> I know. I'm really, really worried about the lakesman because, well, I, I'm not supposed to be able to swim, but there is a swimming pool nearby where I am. But I went once and the whole night I was ill. <laughs> so yeah. I'm a bit scared to go back into it. So I don't know how much swimming I'll get to do. I'm not being able to run much and I can't cycle at all here. So I'm a bit worried if anyone's got any tips on how to maintain fitness when you can't run, swim or cycle. Please let me know. A lot of positive thinking, I think. (laughs) Maybe smiling will help. I heard the last episode of the podcast about smiling when running. (laughs) Yeah, well, you smile pretty... That must be the secret of your success because you're one of the smiliest (laughs) in the club, so that's why you run so fast. Maybe, maybe that's got something to do with it. Great. Uh, Well, look, I mean, that's been fantastic to catch up. Sorry, it keeps, yeah, back, was... it keeps breaking up. It's been so nice to yeah. hear what Love's up to. Yeah, well, that's that's great. Obviously, um, it's been a real surprise. To, to, to I didn't know whether we were going to be able to get a connection and all the rest of it. So um, hopefully it's going to come across okay when we finish. And um, well, just uh, watch what you're doing out there, Laura. Keep up the good work. Thank you. We'll maybe hook up with you in a few weeks' time or something. Yeah, that would be great. Okay, all the best then, Laura. Bye. Bye. Well, that was, that's really interesting um, listening to Laura there, and it was great. Uh, apologies again for uh, the sound, because uh, there, there was a bit of breakup, uh, need to be expected, but I managed to edit most of the kind of clicks and stuff out of it. So hopefully um, you got the gist of it. And one thing I'd like to come back to, Matty, is this idea about uh, donating shirts. Um, I know she's got a bit of work to do to check that that's okay with BSO, but I think really we can just assume that it's going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, and what I'd like to what I'd like to suggest to people is uh, if they are having a bit of a spring clean and uh, sorting out their t-shirt drawers, um, if you have got any shirts that you don't want anymore that are in pretty good condition yeah. that you're not attached to, so I'm not asking you to give away your Virgin London Marathon shirt, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but if you've got any shirts that you just don't use anymore, or you just don't like, or whatever, whatever. Um, just put them to one side for the moment don't give them to me just yet no, no. Um, but just don't throw them away at the minute just put them to one side and uh, just hold fire for news because I'm sure we'll make it happen yeah that's, it'd be great wouldn't it I think it's a fantastic idea yeah, yeah. everybody's got shirts that they just don't use you know yeah. I've got a bag in my garage as well so they'll be going that way when we get the final word from Laura yeah it's just nice to sort of recycle them as well and reuse them right, you know exactly. and yeah. we know where they're going um, and he's going to be using them so it's going to be great so okay guys well thanks so much for listening um, do let us have some comments and some feedback uh, don't forget to subscribe to the channel so you get notified of future episodes 
um, and stay tuned for next time. Thanks very much. Okay, folks. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.